Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. We are finishing up a series uh, this weekend called Translated, and I've started every lesson. This is lesson four, just talking about some of my early marriage days and uh, I, I can't tell you it happened last week or you'd lose respect for me. So I say, when I was first married, this happened. But I remember in our early marriage, um, there was this day where Gina, she just was sharing her heart, spilling all this emotion and telling me uh, some things that were going on in her life and what she was dealing with. It wasn't about our marriage. It was just about her life and her personal life. And I was so excited as she was sharing because... It's kind of like in school, remember when you had the answer and you couldn't wait to, I finally have an answer. And uh, so I'm listening and I'm like, I, wanna, I, wanna, oh, I know what she can do. She can do A, B, and C. And I'm like so excited. I can, I'm going to tell her exactly what to do. So she finishes up and I say, honey, here's what you do. I said, if you do this, this, and that, everything will change and you'll just come right out of this. And then she began to cry even harder. And I'm a guy, so I have no clue what's, what's happening. And I... I know what I said, but I don't know why she's crying now even more. I thought it was great advice. And um, so translated, here's what she said to me. I already know how to fix it. I just want you to hold me. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me? She goes, I did. And I'm like, no, you didn't. She said, I did. And I said, I'm slow. You got you to just spell it out. This, this is what you have to say to me. And uh, so translated, oftentimes we say one thing, we mean something else. And when it comes to sharing our faith, which you heard Erica talk about in the video, um, it's, it's an area that's really tough for some Christians. So my goal today is to make it easy, to make it as simple as possible. And my goal is to make sure nobody walks out of here condemned. Uh, we walk out with our heads held high. You're condemned if somebody preaches down at you, and I'm not going to preach down at you because I'm going to talk about the same things I experience and the same things I have to overcome in my life when it comes to sharing my faith. And my heart is just to help all of us go up to the next level. So you may feel the other C word, which is conviction, and you might feel some of that, and that's okay. That's when God's dealing with us to make a, sta- a change or take a step forward. If you're here or you're listening uh, on TV or in the internet, if that's you, uh, this is a great service to be at because you're going to understand what makes your Christian friends tick and why sometimes we're a little bit annoying. Uh, we're, we, just, we just keep telling you about Jesus, and you're wondering, is that all you care about, this Jesus? You know? And I'm going to help you understand where we're at. I must say that in my life, I have, I have messed the approach up many, many times, and I've learned over the years uh, when to talk, when not to talk, because you know, when it comes to accepting Christ, it's, it's, it, Jesus compares it to a seed going into the ground. There's a planting stage. There's a watering stage. Then there's a time when it's ripe for harvest. And so sometimes we're just planting a seed and then we're walking away. We're watering a seed. That, that means uh, it, when, when you plant it, it's the first time they hear watering's second, third, and every time after. And then you just look for those opportunities to invite someone to church or uh, you look for the opportunities to share Christ. So I had to learn and I had to grow in that. So we are so excited that you're here, that you're listening. And again, you'll understand us all the better as a result of being with us today. And I want to make sure that you understand that there are different styles 
And when I close this lesson out today, I'll talk about what I call the four styles of sharing your faith. And once you understand that, you'll realize that not all of us are in-your-face kind of people. That's just not all of our personality. But there's many ways to share our faith. And you may not be up to telling someone about Jesus yourself, but you can always bring them somewhere, such as church, where they can hear about Jesus. And so I so believe in the, if this were a product, if Jesus were a business product, I so believe in it that I've laid my life down for it. And I know many of you in this room are the same way. It's the most important message in all the world. And I look at how the world we live in markets a, piece of, uh, a pack of gum. And I'm not saying that's wrong. But man, if you put that much effort into selling a pack of gum, I, I believe we should put a lot of effort into this person called Jesus who saved me and changed me and gave me hope. And he's done that for so many of you in this room. So that's what we're going to talk about. And when it comes to sharing Christ, um, there's many reasons why we might say that we don't. And here's what I learned in my life from experience. I believe translated, it just simply means I'm focused more on this world than eternity. And I don't mean that in a negative way. That can be a strong statement. But let me tell you a little bit about this world. This world continues to try to clutter us every day. And what I mean by that is just get so busy with this world, we forget that there's a forever. And this world is where we enter into our forever. And so this world can weigh us down. It can clutter us. I'm not saying we're not to have fun. You know, I have a Jeep Wrangler, and last night in my garage, I put the rag top down, and it was opened up. And I got in it this morning. It was a little chilly. I drove over at 7 a.m., but I drove over, and it's sitting out there. And after church, I'm going to jump in there, and I'm going to have the wind hit me, and I'm going to drive a little bit. Gene and I are going to go eat somewhere. And I'm looking forward to it. God doesn't mind if you have fun. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, this world continuously will clutter us and we forget that there is an eternity. And I want you to walk out of here today remembering this. People need to hear about your Jesus in order to go to heaven. Uh, they have to hear about your Jesus. You have a message in you that's the most important message in all the world. And I want to help you with that. So my goal is to do what I call increasing our passion level. Uh, I've learned this in the Bible. Uh, Jesus said it, those that are forgiven of much, love much. And he's referring to our love for God. And those that are forgiven of little, they, they don't love as much. So for me, I was living far away from God when someone told me about Jesus. And so when I accepted him, I had a high passion level because I was amazed that God would open his arms up and allow me to be one of his kids. So I, I had this incredible love for God. Uh, some people they're really good. I remember when I shared Christ with my brother Jim, and I'm saying to my brother Jim, Jim, I accepted Christ. You need to accept Christ. And he just looked at me, and here's what he said, his exact words. Jim was always the best kid. He's the firstborn. He was the best kid. I'm number four out of seven. I'm a middle child. I felt abused and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, hand-me-downs and all those terrible things. But I remember Jim looking at me, and he says, Joe, you need Jesus. I don't. And I didn't have an answer for him. I thought, well, that is true. I, I, did, <laughs> I did need him. And, uh, and Jim was so good, and I didn't understand some of what I'm going to share today. So I call this the six focus points. And uh, uh, so we're going to talk about these six focus points today. And uh, the first focus point that we're going to talk about is the fact that there are only two addresses. And this changed my whole approach when I understood it. When it comes to eternity... 
there's only two places that we go and we won't need GPS to find these two addresses because angels will escort us to these two addresses. One address is called heaven and the other is called hell. And it's important for us to understand there's only two places uh, for us to go. So when I, when I understood that there's only two addresses and I accepted Christ at 19 uh, and I realized there's only two places to go when we die, uh, guess what? I had passion. I had this crazy passion. So I had my mom and dad and five brothers, and I went after all of them. My technique wasn't the greatest. I had to grow in my technique. Um, I offended people when I didn't need to, but I was just passionate. And I went after my family, and I kept telling all of them, Jesus is the way, and Jesus will save you, and you need Jesus to go to heaven. And they were so upset with me at first, and my mom thought I was in a cult, and my mom was telling me to get out of what I was doing, and she was afraid for me. And that's what good moms do, you know, they, they care about you. And uh, yet within one year, I was one of the lucky ones, and gr God's grace hit our family. Within one year, all of my family came to know Christ. And I believe a part of that was I kept sharing the message with them. And I'll talk to you about how God has to do the rest, but I just kept sharing that message. So I want to make sure we understand there's two addresses. We, we live in a culture today that doesn't believe there's two addresses. And in case you're here and you're new or you're not a Christian, let me tell you where I'm coming from because I don't want to stand up here and, and come off like a guy that thinks, you know, I know everything or anything like that. Here's, here's where my life is, okay? I believe the Bible is God speaking to man. I believe the Bible is God's message to us. So when I read the words of Jesus and I read what the Bible says, I believe that that's true. And there is a truth war going on in our culture. There's a war for truth. And you and I know what the Bible says, so we're, we're telling people what the Bible says, but the culture out there is saying the exact opposite. They're mocking people like us, and I'm okay with that. But what I'm trying to say is, I'm just sharing the words of Jesus, and I'm just talking about what Jesus said, and I believe that the Bible is God speaking to mankind. So if you don't believe that, that's okay. I encourage you to listen. I encourage you to give some ear to it, and then I believe if it's real, God can show you one way or another. But here's some scripture. Revelation 20 and verse 10 says this, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That is, in my opinion, one of the least exciting verses in the Bible. And uh, there's a place called hell or Hades now, and it will actually be thrown into this lake of fire. This is the final hell place. And this is after Jesus rules on the earth for a thousand years, and now the final judgment's going to come for all people. You and I, if we're Christians now, we will not be judged at this time. We'll stand before the judgment of seat of Christ. That's already happened. And uh, we're, our address is set. We're going to go to heaven but everybody else that lived on the earth that didn't give their hearts to Jesus will have a judgment day at this time. And I want to say this to you about Revelations 20.10. God never intended for men to be thrown into the lake of fire. It was created for the devil and his angels. Man, God doesn't want any person to go there. I don't care who you are. I don't care how bad your life's gone. I don't care what the terrible things are that you've done. If you accept Christ, he washes all that away and he forgives you. You get to go to heaven. But let me tell you why the devil's going to go there. I remember when I was a young Christian, I used to think, God, can I share Christ with the devil and lead him to Christ? <laughs> then he can go to heaven too. And uh, I had to learn that that's not possible. Here's why it's not possible. Um, he, he was with God in heaven. 
The Bible says God made him the most beautiful angel that he ever created. He was perfect in all his ways. And most experts believe he was the worship leader of heaven. Did he lead worship in heaven? He sang the songs of heaven. He led, he led a heavenly choir. And uh, he knew God personally. And, he, and knowing God personally, he had pride come up in his heart. And he thought to himself, I think I can take God. Remember when you were little and you wondered if you could take your dad? My, my dad's only 5'6", and I'm 5'10", 5'10 and a half on a good day, or before gravity. I was 5'10 and a half once. And, uh, but my dad wasn't a big guy, and I used to wonder, could I take him? And I, was always, I always thought I can't, because my dad, I knew he would grab anything he could, and it would be a tough fight, and he would beat me. <laughs> But I also would never raise my arm to my dad. But I used to wonder, can I beat dad? And somehow the devil thought, I think I can take God. And he convinced a third of the angels to side with him. And the fight lasted less than a second. And God just threw him out of heaven. And that's why he can't be redeemed. Because you and I haven't been to heaven. We haven't seen God. And so God gives us an opportunity by faith to accept him. And that's why you and I have a chance for redemption where he doesn't. God doesn't want one human being to go to this address. And that's why I have passion. That's why I love to preach a message like this every now and then. Man, I don't want one person on planet earth to ever experience this ending. So listen to what the Bible goes on to say in verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence. And that's actually going to happen. Then God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth at this time. And it goes on to say, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. These are called the books of works. It goes on to say, another book was opened, which is the book of life. And this, if you've accepted Christ, your name's in the book of life. It says, the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books, the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death in Hades, that's the current hell where people would go now that don't accept Christ. It says, now all of Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Just a side note, aren't you excited death itself will be thrown away and none of us will ever die if we accept Christ? That's pretty cool. Listen to verse 15. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, uh, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, that's a key verse. The book of works is all the good things we, we did over our life. And you know, the Bible says that all of our good deeds are as filthy rags to God, that none of us are righteous, no, not one of us. And so even if you're a good person, you, your good deeds cannot cover your sin stain that you were born with. So there's no way to get rid of that stain unless you accept Christ. So notice what it says. No matter how good your works are in the book, if your name's not written in the book, the book of life, you go to the other address. And when you understand that as a Christian, when I look at people, all I can think about is, I want to get them to that place called heaven. That's my goal for their life. And that's our goal as a church. We exist to see a city connected with God. We want to make sure people spend their eternity forever. And so that's point one. Here's point two. There is only one way. And uh, when you focus on this, it, it brings passion. And I have a, a cool story for you. And some of you may want to Google it or I, I, I saw it on YouTube. Uh, it has to do with Pope Francis, the Pope of the Catholic Church. And it is the coolest video. Um, a friend of mine sent it to me. And it's connected with this guy. His name's Tony Palmer. And Tony is a, a priest, a Protestant priest. 
and he was, he, he, he was in England. And then Kenneth Copeland hired him. He became friends with him, and he oversaw his African office for his ministry. And he got to know Brother Copeland. And then Rome called him, and Rome said, we would like you to come to Rome, and we want to build bridges with the Protestant church. So he's, Pope just, it, it, this was not the current pope, but the pope at that time wanted to build bridges. So Tony went to Rome, and his goal was to build bridges with the Protestant and the Catholic church, which is pretty cool. And so Tony did that for years, and in doing that, he met Cardinal Francis, who's now the pope. But he met him when he was a cardinal, never dreamed, I don't think either one of them ever dreamed he'd be the pope, and they became best friends. As a matter of fact, Cardinal Francis became his mentor spiritually because he was a godly man who loved Jesus, and he really helped Tony Palmer grow. And so uh, that all takes place, and then Cardinal Francis becomes the pope, and Tony Palmer tells the story. Again, if you put Kenneth Copeland, comma, Tony Palmer, or Pope Francis, it's going to come up in one of your searches. And uh, you can hear it. It's about a 40-minute video. And, and so Tony gets a call from Pope Francis after he's Pope, and he's shocked. It's like he thought, I'd never talk to the guy again because now he's, you know, he's the Pope. And uh, he calls Tony on his cell phone. He says, hey, I want to spend a day with you. When can you come to Rome? And so Tony goes to Rome, and he hangs out in the Pope's apartment for a whole day. So here's, here's a Protestant priest hanging out with the, the head of the Catholic Church. And here's what the Pope told him. He said, we already made a declaration with the Methodist Church and the Lutheran Church. And uh, he says, I'd like to do it with evangelicals. And Tony said, what are you talking about? He says, well, we made a declaration, and I want to do it with evangelicals concerning Jesus and how we accept you and believe you're as much a Christian as we are. It was really cool. So uh, Tony tells him, I'm going to Brother Copeland's minister's conference, and he said, let's do a video. I want to greet those ministers there. So he does a video, and then they show the video, and, and that's, I saw all what, what I said in that video, and the Pope says on the video, he says, I want you guys to know that we, the Catholic Church, believe that the only way to heaven, the one and only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. He's the only way for salvation, and we want you to know that we believe you're as much a Christian as we are. And that place erupted. And I think you and I should say, thank you, Jesus. Can we give God a thank you? I think that's incredible, man. That's incredible. And so he's a man you'll want to pray for and, and lift up because uh, he understands. The Pope has declared there's only one way, and that way is Jesus. L listen to uh, a couple cool scriptures. Galatians 3.26 for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And I remember growing up, a lot of my relatives would just say, concerning everybody, they'd say, we're all God's kids. And, and I knew what they meant, but really we're all sons of Adam until we accept Christ. And did you notice that it says through faith in Christ Jesus? That's when we become a child of God. And that's why all of heaven celebrates every time someone prays and accepts Christ. Listen to what Jesus said. Here's, here's what Jesus said. If you read the Catholic or the Protestant Bible, it's exactly the same. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That can sound haughty, but again, I believe the Bible is God speaking to us. I believe Jesus was a prophet and the Son of God, but he came to proclaim, and the Bible says he gave the final word on everything. And Jesus is saying and declaring I am the only way to heaven. And so that causes my passion to go up because I know a lot of good people that don't believe in Jesus 
and, and, and I know there's two addresses, and I know there's only one way to heaven, so I want to introduce them to my Jesus. So my passion now is growing. It's growing. It's growing. So uh, number three is this. There is only one message, and that's important to know. Do you know the most powerful message in the world is the most simple message in the world? It changes hearts. And you know what that message is? It's not the whole Bible. Uh, the whole Bible is powerful, but the simple message is a part of the Bible called the gospel or the good news. And the good news is this simple. Jesus came. He died for you. He gave his life for you. God raised him from the dead. And if you believe in him, he'll save you. How many of us believe that's a pretty simple message? That converted my soul, guys. That changed my life forever. And that's not a hard message to proclaim. Listen to what Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. So the good news of Christ is power. There's power in it. It may sound simple, but when someone doesn't know Christ, even if they don't want to hear it the first time, once it's planted, it begins to work and grow and increase in us. Verse 17, the, the Bible says, uh, or let me read on, I'm sorry. It's the power of God saving everyone who believes, the Jews first and also the Gentiles. Now verse 17. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Now here's one scripture many of you can quote, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing, and that is hearing the good news about Christ. How are we saved? By believing. How, how does faith to believe come? By hearing. The Bible says, how can they hear unless we're sent? And so uh, you have this powerful message on your tongue. It's so powerful. And again, if you don't feel skilled about it and your passion level is high, just invite people to church so they can experience the Jesus that you love and the Jesus that changed your life. Here's point four. There is only one messenger. And that messenger is you. And I want to read a scripture in a moment, but tell you a story. I told you how I accept, I, I met Jesus first in my family. Then I began to just share him with my parents, which I told you, and my, my brothers, my siblings. When my mom accepted Christ and my dad, it was so cool to watch them. They were so excited about it. And back then, uh, my mom, and it, it was custom, I think, for most of us, she sent Christmas cards to everybody all of the relatives and all the friends. She sent over 100 cards out every year, Christmas cards. And after she accepted Christ, the first Christmas after that, she got these gospel tracts. And in case you don't know what a gospel track is, that's a little pamphlet that tells people to believe in Jesus and they can go to heaven. There's all kinds, and she had one she really liked. And she put one of those in every Christmas card. So she wrote the card, but she put a gospel track. That, she did, she, my mom's really shy, so she didn't know how to say it. She didn't know what to say, but she wanted them to hear about the Jesus that set her free and saved her. So she placed it in every card. She only got one nasty letter from one relative, so that's not too bad, and uh, that's pretty good. And my dad's the total office. We're going to talk about the finger pointer. That's one of the styles of sharing your faith. My dad's a finger pointer. He, he has no problem getting in anybody's face and telling them what, what they think. When I was a young guy, uh, if something broke and he took it back to the store, it was a crazy experience because I'm, I'm, I'm not that way uh, in a lot of ways. Now, I, I'm more of a finger pointer for sharing Christ. We'd go into a store, and here's how my dad would take something back. He, he'd say, hey, what are you selling me, junk? And, uh, and he'd say it loud so everybody could hear it. And... <laughs> And I, I would just go hide in a corner. And uh, so he took that personality and, and he started using it for Jesus. And uh, he'd take these tracks 
And anybody he met, he would say, hey, you know Jesus? And they'd go, I don't know. And he said, here's a track. Read this. It's the only way to get to heaven. And uh, so he was, my mom snuck it in a card, and my dad just gets in people's face. And he grew over the years, but that's how he was at the beginning. Uh, how many of us can agree we can all become more tactful in how we do, how we do anything? There, there is only one message. 2 Corinthians 5.19, listen to what it says. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, that's Jesus, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone. All of us are called to share. And again, your personality may be different where you're not one to say it, but you're just bringing them and so on and so forth. But we all need to have that passion for souls. Hey, how about number five? There, there is only one who converts. This helped me. When I was a young Christian, uh, I had to learn this, even though I experienced it myself. I can't make someone accept Jesus. That's not my job, and that's not your job. Our job is just to plant a seed to water a seed. And that's all we have to do. So real quick, the guy that shared Christ with me, his name was Lou, and I was his personal trainer, and he paid me to train him. And uh, so we're in a gym. My brother Tony and I owned this gym and, uh, years ago. And so I, he's coming up three times a week, and every time he comes up, he goes, Jesus loves you, Joe. And he says, you need Jesus to go to heaven. And I'm like, I'm 19, and he's in close to 40. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm serious when I tell you this. I used every swear word I had and called him Jesus freak and everything else, and he would not back off. And he'd come back the next day with a smile like I never cussed him out, never said anything bad to him. And he'd come back the next day, and here's what happened. Here's what I didn't realize, guys. I'm so thankful for him. The words he spoke to me when I laid my head down on the pillow at night, God began to deal with my heart. And God never dealt with my heart till someone spoke the words to me. God can convert if we just plant the word. It's not our job to convert. God does that. And he works hard, uh, and he's good at it. John 6, says this, For people can't come to me unless the Father who sent me uh, draws them to me, and at that last day I will raise them from the dead. So I came to learn that God's the one that opens up hearts, and he draws people to Jesus, but they need that message dropped in them so God can begin to work on them. We can pray for them after that. I read a book years ago, and I talk about it anytime I talk about sharing faith. The title of the book is One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven, and that's Share Your Faith. And Mark Cahill wrote the book, and I love this quote. He says this, the only time we lose is when we don't share our faith. In other words, you may feel rejected if you share Jesus or invite someone to church, and they say no. Don't feel rejected. Your only job is to deliver the message, and you won. If you share it or invited, you won. And just relax and enjoy it and know that you did your part, and now it's up to God to do his part, and God will do his part. Well, number six is this. There is only one honor. And when I was a young Christian, I really struggled with this. I struggled when people rejected me because I talked to them about Jesus. I really struggled. I felt really bad that they didn't like me anymore. And I was really hurt that they said bad things about me. I had people that wouldn't even shake my hand after I told them about Jesus. They were friends and relatives. They got so mad at me, they wouldn't even say hi to me. I'd see them in a store and they'd walk by. I'd raise, put my hand out. Can you imagine they'd just walk right by? And I was so offended and so hurt. And then I realized that God gave you and I the honor, the privilege of being rejected because of Jesus. The Bible says there's two reasons people will persecute slash reject us. One is for righteousness sake. 
Righteousness sake is just simply meaning you and I decide to live according to the holy standards in the Bible and we decide not to sin in certain areas because the Bible says not to and people will persecute us and we live in a culture where we're heavily persecuted if we don't live the way the culture does and then the Bible says we'll be persecuted because of Jesus when we talk about him and there was a time when that bothered me now I'm I'm kind of excited when it happens. I smile because I understand something. It's a great honor to suffer like he suffered. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.21. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And so we have the honor of suffering rejection like Jesus did. And I love this scripture. Jesus says this, Matthew 5.11 and 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And it's just part of the honor we get to have. Now, I want to say this to everybody in the room. I have shared Christ with people everywhere. I mean, I just, I, I just enjoy sharing Christ, and I try to do it on a regular basis. And... Um, Every time I go to share Christ the first time, I have butterflies. And I'm, I'm an outward person, and, and I have to overcome that fear, those butterflies. But as soon as I just begin to talk to somebody, the butterflies go. So I just want you to know, I've been doing this for over 30 years, and I still get the butterflies just before I go to talk to someone the first time. So that's pretty normal. So I want to close out, guys, just talking about the four styles. And I won't take a lot of time on this. But here's the four styles. My dad would be this one. I'm more this one. It's called the finger pointer. And Peter's the example. And this is the person that just will, will, will just confront you. This is the person that can knock on a door of a house. They never met the person. The person opens the door and they say, hey, I'd like to share my faith with you. This is the kind of person that could be sitting on the plane next to a stranger and begin to talk to them about Jesus. Uh, there's only a few a low percentage of people in Christianity in the body of Christ that are like this, so don't feel condemned. If you're not like this, it's just not who you are, and that's okay. But let me tell you what, I love the finger pointers, and here's why. I needed the finger pointer, pointer like Lou, or I would have never, never got the message, so I'm glad Lou was in my face day after day after day. You may not have needed a person like that. I needed a person like that, and I'm so glad that there are people like that in the body of Christ, but here's the second one. I call them the hand grabbers, and Andrew was one. And if you read John 1, verses 40 through 42, Andrew met Peter, or it met Jesus first. And after he met Jesus, you know what he did? He went to Peter and grabbed him and said, you got to come see this guy. He's amazing. And a hand grabber may not share with their mouth and, and do the closing, but they just simply grab people and say, you need to come to church. You need to come to this event. Man, this is an incredible event. Guys, I, I think you noticed the advertisement, the men's rally in the valley. And boy, probably two of the most popular people on the planet right now are the Duck Dynasty guys. And to have them come into town is really a big deal. And if you know someone that's not a Christian, all the men that are here, what a great event to invite them people to. Because these guys are going to talk about Christ. They're going to give what we call our testimony about how they met the Lord and what Jesus means in their life. So uh, it's just grabbing someone by the hand. Next week is Easter, man. Just think about just grabbing someone by the hand, saying, come to church, experience my church, and then let God do the rest. And I'll, I'll work for you. I'll do it for free next week. And I'll just, I'll just share Christ. No extra charge. Okay, here, here's, here's number three, the arm opener. Remember Matthew? 
Matthew met Jesus. And what did he do right after he met Jesus? He threw a party, man. He said, I'm going to throw a house party, invite all my friends, and Jesus, I want you to come talk to them. And that's what he did. And so these are guys that are great gatherers, and you may not be able to share the message, but you throw in a cool DVD for them to watch. You know, the Lou Giglio DVDs on the stars and how he connects it with God, incredible. Or you have someone come over to a Bible study. That's what this group does, this type of person. Then the next one is called the Backpatters. That's Barnabas. Barnabas means son of encouragement. These are people that have high mercy gifts. You'll find these people working in missions and soup kitchens, and they're just high mercy people, and the way they reach out is by showing love and mercy, and they reach out to the hurting. So you probably figured out which one you are already, and I just want to close with prayer. So can we do that right now, guys? Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Lord, I've done my best to teach an incredible part of the Bible, and I know we're all at different stages here, and my goal was to bring passion up, Lord, and cause us to grow in our passion. And Man, I thank you for these cool people that are here, Lord. And These are people that love you. They're like me. This world tries to clutter all of us, and thank you for messages like this that just places our focus in the right place, Lord. And Lord, as we bow our heads and as we pray, we just... We just thank you for dealing with our hearts on some of the minor changes we can make to take ourselves to the next level in this area. And Lord, I pray for every person in this room that knows Christ. I ask you to take our passion up, Lord. I ask you to place a passion in us to bring people to Christ. Lord, make these things real to us, the two addresses for eternity. That's incredible, Lord the only way, the only message, the only messenger. Lord, open up our eyes to these truths. Change us forever, Lord. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I call it the God moment. I'm just going to allow you to, in your heart to communicate with God for a minute. Let him, allow him to communicate with you too. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you're alive and you deal with our hearts. Thank you for dealing with hearts. Church, can we keep our heads bowed, eyes closed? Just for a minute more, I want to give one invitation, and it's connected to the message. If you're here and you're not sure of your eternity, when you walked in, you weren't sure if you were to die, you'd go to heaven or hell, or um, you can't remember a time when you made it personal with Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity right now. We saw the scriptures, whoever calls on his name, he'll save them. He's the only way. He died for our sins. And so right now, I'm not asking you if you're a member of a, a church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all good things, but I'm not asking that question. I'm asking you, can you remember a day when you made it personal and you decided to give your heart to Jesus and follow him? He said, if you call on my name, that's when I save you. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here, you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to do that. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I repent for all my sins. And this day, I make a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. God raised you from the dead. And this day, 
I give you my heart and I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.